the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Just sending myself an email. Give me just a second. I do a little TV show, and I have to send notes out right around this time so I can do my spot. The spot You've is got mail. technically called Tech Trends. It's also winners and losers. You get the idea. It's kind of a hodgepodge of some business stories of the day. Reformat it for television so that the television audience is considered less educated than the radio audience. Um, and the radio audience is considered more captive. Radio is considered long form. TV is considered short form. I know you're saying, just tell me how to make money and get to retirement, Rob. Fair enough. Uh, Let me tell you the stories that I've put together for television, because that's a good way to start this segment. It shows you what's working and what's not working in the shortest, tightest bit amount of time that I can put it together. First and foremost, stocks are slipping today. That's not necessarily the greatest news, because two weeks ago when we started earnings season, we started seeing a trend, and it's continued, that corporations are beating earnings expectations by a lot. Now, again, one year ago, it was late April, the markets recovered from that disaster. It started recovering from that disastrous March and April of during the pandemic of like, um, if we're locked up, we're not going to be spending money or, or making money. And we're all going to die in a cold nuclear winter of eating our brothers and sisters. Like, we thought that was how apocalyptic it was going to get a year ago. So one year later, things are a little bit different. And the earnings are reflecting, eh, it wasn't so bad. What was the Monty Python line where uh, the two people are fighting back in the royal night days and guy cuts his arm off and the guy whose arm has just been cut off he goes ah it's just a small scratch cuts off his other arm is ah that one tickled that's kind of how we're looking at the last year it wasn't that bad or was it stimulated by the federal government bailed out really wasn't earnings it's kind of like people barry bond should he be in the hall of fame or was he juiced i think our economy's juiced I don't think this economy should go in the Hall of Fame, even though it has Hall of Fame kind of numbers. World stocks are trading mixed today, saying, eh, we're not impressed with those earnings. A year ago, had you asked the world, would you be impressed with those earnings? They would have said, yes. Now the investors are waiting for some more earnings tonight. Apple's number one on my list. Tesla announced environmental rule violations in the United States and Germany. Yum Brands, which owns KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. So they saw strong U.S. sales growth, but international locations struggled. Starbucks said the same exact thing. So we know it's going to be bumpy out there. One of the things I loved doing in my 20s and 30s as a young businessman was was traveling. 
And my favorite flight was New York to Washington, D.C. Because you're in these teeny tiny little regional jets with propellers. And you're like, how fast does this thing go? And they're like, eh, a little faster than a SUV. <laughs> and you're like, that's going to keep us in the air, right? Eh. Let's just hope there's no thunderstorms. And you hit a thunderstorm and it starts bouncing around. That's when I started to pretend that I had... Um, What's the uh, yelling disease where you start yelling out curse words? Ah, no, God! So I'd go, da, 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 and I'd like start like repeating words like really quickly, Tourette's. And I, I was the entertainment for the plane because they all thought I was really seriously fearful of dying. And I wasn't. So but I went through some nail biters. Anyhow, Yum Brands, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, strong U.S. sales growth, poor international. Girl Scout cookies are taking flight in Virginia, being delivered with drones. That would have been a great story a year ago, two years ago, but now we got the stupid pandemic to talk about. And, and COVID shots and Johnson & Johnson. I'd much rather talk about small drones flying at night, potentially giving a boost in commercial use of the machines. The local Girl Scout troops, which who doesn't like a young 13-year-old in uniform? And for the record, when I started saying that out loud, it felt creepy. I was going to say, who doesn't like a man in uniform? You know, the old 1920s, he just came back from war and he's a man. Like, oh, good Are you God. out of your mind? I'm out of my mind! So, Christiansburg, Virginia, which is kind of very um, in the middle of the state, and I know for those of you who live in California, you don't know exactly how it goes. Maryland, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. And then I think it's Georgia. And then you're like, eh, it could be Florida after that. You're not quite sure what you think you are. So Christiansburg is right in the middle of Virginia. Um, and they're testing out commercial delivery drones by a company named Wing. Wing is a subsidiary of Google, which is a subsidiary of Alphabet. The company is adding the iconic box cookies to more mundane drugstore offerings, FedEx packages, and local-made pastries, tacos, and cold brews. It's been hauling to a thinly populated area of some rural subdivisions in 2019. So we're getting a little more traction out of this, and then we get a little headline news out of this. And suddenly, Amazon, Walmart, UPS, they all want in on the action. A 10-pound drone that made the first deliveries in Christiansburg in fall 2019. It's an already an artifact of the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. That's how quickly the technology's changed. We've called it an artifact. And wow, now they're ringing wow, us. Wow, wow, wow. smell us. I know you're saying, do you really like Girl Scout cookies? Um, I think there's a lot of sugar and butter in them, and anything with a lot of sugar and butter and cream, I'm in. We're going to eat cookie. Cookie monster. Is he socially acceptable anymore? Like, don't we have to cancel him? Google's YouTube. Speaking of Google and drones, they're the world's on largest. Great Google They're the world's largest online video platform. They benefited well during the pandemic. Adult usage of YouTube. Get this. What do you think the adult usage of YouTube has grown to? 
70%? Nope. 77%? Nope. 81% used YouTube. Ooh. And I know you're saying, my mama didn't use it. Like, she's the only one that didn't. Netflix revenues came in dramatically. With 207 million paying subscribers and they raise prices from 13 to 15 bucks, you see how it all pushes to the bottom line in a way. And we're still waiting for when's the next season of Stranger Things coming out and stopped answering the question. I don't know. But Netflix pays 17 billion for their content. YouTube says we'll share some of the revenue with you. So YouTube is going to pass Netflix by the end of the year on revenue. It's interesting to know that YouTube can do something which is considered a holy grail in media. While you're watching YouTube, it can deliver you an ad on like karate stores. While I'm watching YouTube, it can deliver me an ad on alcoholic rehabilitation centers. The artificial intelligence that powers YouTube, Google, and Alphabet is strange and compelling, and advertisers love it. One show, two different advertisers for two different audiences... Ooh, it's a holy grail. Linear TV's features grim at best. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. So, three quick ideas here. Amazon is likely to post blowout profits. The question is, what's going to follow? Because Amazon now has a new CEO. I know you're saying, no, isn't Jeff Bezos CEO? No, he quit the job. He resigned the position he put someone else in. And maybe he's going to focus more on space. A lot like people want Jack Dorsey. Hey, if you're going to be CEO of Twitter, be CEO of Twitter. If you're going to be CEO of um, uh, your cash app, go that direction. Uh, Elon Musk, Tesla or SpaceX, choose one, please. So Square was the one I was trying to think of for Jack Dorsey. So Bezos kind of doing the right thing, saying, I'm not going to make the day-to-days. I'm just going to sit in on the board. I still am the richest man in the world. <laughs> I've built a Death Star behind the moon. Um, Amazon stock isn't budging right now. They're going to have a nice quarter, but we're going to start paying attention to Andy Jassy and say, what do you do differently than Jeff? So, to me, that's probably more important than did they raise prices a dollar, whether shipping costs, whether margins, do they have any new partnerships for television, how do they do at the Academy Awards. To me, it's all about their CEO, their new CEO. Facebook, to me, they should blow out numbers tonight. Facebook's story, though, to me, is heavily tied towards Congress this year. And how much time does Mark Zuckerberg spend in front of congressional panels? There's no doubt when Bill Gates had to do that for being antitrust that Microsoft lost a little bit of their edge. When their CEO was in front of Congress, he wasn't in front of the board. He wasn't in front of his engineers saying, this is what we need to do. But Facebook's going to have a stunning number tonight. 
the way Google lined up their search results on vacations and reopening, Facebook should be in the exact same position. Apple tonight is also going to report. And to me, I think a couple things that we need to note. They got their work cut out for them because they're the most expensive company in the world. When you are the 800-pound gorilla, when you are the King Kong of all stocks, it's tough. Like the new King Kong versus Godzilla movie, those are two pretty big animals. One's a super lizard, one's a super monkey, right? You don't tend to think of, I wonder if the next movie of King Kong's going to have laser shoot out his eyes. Or if he's going to be 50% taller. It's tough for the big to get bigger. So for Apple, it's a little bit of, um, let's focus on China because there's a lot more growth that we could pull off there. India was looking good for Apple, but maybe India's going to say COVID's messing things up. So Apple's going to say, we're going to slow things down there. They did a refresh on their Mac and iPads, which saw a pandemic surge for demand. In the last year, I spent more on desktops, tablets, and essentially tech gadgets, all, all things tech gadgets. And a lot of it went to Apple. When it was time to redo the kids' rooms because they're spending more time in the rooms, less time on the soccer pitches, it was about let's give them some speakers. Let's get them some, you know, let's make their rooms cool. Gadgets. Sales soared 21% to $111 billion, more than $8 billion of the street expectations last quarter. iPhone, iPad, Macs, wearable services, all notching double-digit growth. iPad sales up 29% to $5.6 billion. Mac sales up six, Mac sales were $6.8 billion. Wearables uh, were up 18%. Mac sales were up 27%. Services at $15.5 billion. Do you see how many billion-dollar businesses they have? That's crazy. iPhones, iPads, Macs, wearables, mostly the Apple Watch and AirPods, and services, all individual companies that you would be proud to own, all working together to make their ecosystem stronger. Um, so, yeah, we're going to pay attention to Apple's numbers tonight. What can they do to impress us? Imp imp uh, up their dividend, maybe. Maybe um, share some more of that cash. Maybe do more buybacks. Will they leak anything about the augmented reality that were expected by the end of this year? Which, what we've seen, it kind of looks like, for lack of a better word, and I know this isn't going to go over well, but do you remember when you were a kid and you tried on like an Indian headdress and you had to like fit it over your brow of your head and the feathers and you kind of like, it kind of looks like it's going to go on the brow, the computer's going to go on your brow and the glasses are going to drop from the a box on your brow. And for a man who doesn't wear like barrettes and hairstylings, trust me, my hairstylings are no style. It, it's, it, it, it's a better image than I thought it was going to be. And Microsoft getting a big Pentagon contract to supply soldiers on the ground with augmented reality headsets. The whole industry is about to grow. I'm not sure if drones are going to grow because I still get the idea and the image of, uh, Yum Brands, Taco Bell sending me a taco with a drone and me or my neighbor pulling out his gun and shooting it. But the augmented headset, ooh, how much would we pay? That's a good question. Oculus, Facebook Oculus has got headsets out there. And 
you don't exactly see those mainstream yet. Will Apple make it mainstream? That's a later in 2021 question. Now, this time last year, we were saying, Apple's got a 5G phone coming out this year, baby. It's going to be faster video, more connectivity, and it did help the stock. It did help demand. What's going to be their sizzle going forward? Is it augmented reality? Probably too early for them to tell us that. They like to uh, unveil those at events. They probably want to unveil an augmented reality headset when a lot of people are going to go, ooh, ah, so the news media covers it. It makes us all want it. So the iPhone 12 super cycle has started. Now we need to see, like, did it boil down to services? Did it boil down, did it push up watches? Augmented reality, the cars come in? Yeah, I will say this. If I were a betting man, I would say Apple will be a $3 trillion company in my lifetime. And if I'm willing to say that even if I had a death sentence for two years from now, it moves higher, in my opinion. But consultant market advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black, and this is a perfect song to end the segment with. It's the Rob Black and Your Money Podcast. You can catch Rob Black every weekday morning on AM 1220 KDOW from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Listen online at kdow.biz. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. Love him or hate him, he's controversial. I'm not talking about Patrick Hare. I'll bring him on in Uno Momentero. Talking about Conor McGregor. He's going to sell his Irish whiskey brand for up to $600 million. Whoa. I feel like the joke's on me. I feel like the ultimate fighting thing, the UFC, is just a big joke now. <laughs> like, it's really about promoting whiskey and making people 600 millionaires. Let's bring in the one, the only Patrick O'Hare, not terribly controversial, but also not terribly rich like Conor McGregor, 600 million, unless there's a Vanderbilt or something in your family I don't know about. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? <laughs> no, hey, Rob, I'm doing well. The only Vanderbilt I can claim in my family is my uh, my my BA degree. <laughs> I went to oh. Vanderbilt. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Good for you. Good school, too. <laughs> Um, a lot of people don't know about Vanderbilt. It's one of those colleges that has a funky kind of name. It doesn't have a state in it, and people kind of gloss over what they don't know. Um, but I know Vandy to be very, very exemplary. Um, speaking of exemplary, how's the market doing? Um, we powering ahead, or are we starting to top out? Well, I guess maybe if you, you grade it out in the very near term, you'd say it's a, maybe a C. You know, it's average. It's, it's just kind of plugging along here. Um, but uh, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's an A plus. Um, you know, we've seen this market continue to trade with a bullish bias, and and even though we haven't seen a a strong response to what have been you know undeniably very strong earnings results for the first quarter reporting period, it's important to know that you're not seeing a strong selling response either. So there's still that underlying bullish bias here, uh, even though the market hasn't really gone that far since uh, since J.P. Morgan reported uh, on April 14th. I looked at um, your morning report, page one, and we're in earnings season. We're about two or three weeks in earnings season now. And the list is just impressive, and it's diverse with how many companies are beating expectations. Um, earnings season tends to be kind of a sell on the news, buy on the rumor time of the year, four times a year where things can change. 
are we expecting change? Because there's a lot of stimulus coming, and it looks like we're going to be roaring as far as GDP goes for at least two, three, maybe four quarters without blinking. Um, are we set up for rally into market highs, or are we going to start looking past that stimulus maybe? Well, I think – I think you raise a good point, Rob, and that you know context is is important when you get into an earnings season, right? Uh-huh. You have to kind of take a step back when you see some lackluster responses to otherwise great earnings news, and ask yourself why that might be the case. And the the first thing that jumps out certainly is that you had a. a, a great run uh, in just, say, the four-week period leading up to the earnings reporting uh, uh, season. You know, you had the S&P 500 up 5% over those four weeks. So, you know, the case can be made that, yes, you're selling on the news. It was priced in to a certain extent. Uh, Maybe things even got a little bit overextended and overbought, and so there's not a lot of follow-through on the buy side after this good earnings news. However, what the good earnings news does uh, allow for is the idea that uh, there's still a rationale to buy on these pullbacks uh, because you're seeing and hearing still such strong guidance. Uh, earnings estimates are going to keep going up here. Uh, so the idea that you, you know, you're not seeing you know, any real multiple expansion here um, and, and the market's been able to, to tolerate a P, uh, an S&P 500 trading at about 22 times forward 12-month earnings, you know, even with interest rates having come up from the early part of the year, you know, they're still relatively low on a nominal and, and, and real basis. And so so you've got some good underlying support, and you're probably going to get uh, to hear more of that today when Fed Chair Powell comes out and talks about the FOMC decision and uh, and most likely uh, utters his, his off-repeated reminder that the Fed isn't likely to raise interest rates anytime soon, and it's going to continue with the current pace of its asset purchases. So we're probably going to get more of the same from the Federal Reserve, i.e., we're not going to raise interest rates anytime soon. We're going to let inflation run a little bit wild, but not too wild. And we're probably going to get more of the same from corporate America, Microsoft, I'm sorry, Apple and Facebook are tonight. Facebook will probably be in all estimates similar to Google because they both do a lot of advertising on travel and reopening. Um, If it's all more of the same, what are you looking to rock the boat? so to speak. And again, you can disagree with anything I said there. No, I, I chuckle because, you know, you're right on, you're, you're right on the mark there, right? Because everything is, is, sounds great. And, yep. uh, and there's a lot of reason to, to think that things will continue to be great, right? And I think part of the consolidation process you have going on right now, though, too, is also a, 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 you know, an early acknowledgement, perhaps, that maybe the second half of the year might not be as uh, robust, if you will, as the first half of the year has been in terms of stock market returns. Because over that period, you know, you are going to have to be contending with uh, issues that relate to inflation pressures. Uh, you're going to be hearing more talk and, and increased debate about tax increases. Uh, you would potentially be facing higher interest rates, certainly, if you have uh, inflation trends uh, running at a pretty good pace. And then, of course, you're going to run into the, the kind of like the wall of wondering about and worry about whether we're at peak growth uh, or soon will be, uh, meaning, yes, the good news has been priced in. So, so those are just a few of those hurdles that are sitting out there on the horizon. But what the price action continues to tell this market, though, is that, you know, again, it's a cliche, but the trend is your friend until it isn't. And the buy on the dip 
mentality has uh, worked every time. It's been profitable every time. Uh, and until that trend is broken, uh, you're likely to continue to see the market uh, uh, advance under that same bias here, um, maybe in a little more deliberate fashion than what we saw uh, up to this point. But uh, nonetheless, the underlying bullish would still have to be categorized as bullish, knowing that the Fed is still the Fed, uh, the market's friend, and knowing that earnings estimates are continuing to be revised higher uh, and not creating any undue or excess valuation pressures right now relative to where they were before the earnings season started. When Warren Buffett talks, I listen. When you talk, I listen. I put you with very high-praised company. I have a question. I almost want you to listen for a second. When I got into this business 25 years ago, it seemed like every four years there was a recession. And a lot of the conventional wisdom in media was something along the lines of the president gets in, he cuts taxes on corporations. Two years later, there's a bill to pay. Democrat gets in, he spends money on infrastructure. Two years later, there's higher inflation. It, is that maybe something that could derail where we are? Is that in the final two years of Biden, we start seeing there's going to be hell to pay for all of this spending, kind of like there was hell to pay for the social consequences of corporations having lower taxes under Trump. And we could probably go back in history, but I don't want to extrapolate something that is spreading a false narrative. Um, well, but it's, yeah, there's something I, there, right? I, I, you know, I believe there is. I mean, we're, we're, we're living high on the hog, if you will, right now in terms of uh, stimulus. Uh, and and there is there has to be a payback period, right? It, it's coming. Obviously, the, the timing is what is the great unknown. But, uh, but when you just look at the scope of what's been provided in terms of stimulus on both the fiscal and monetary policy side of things, it, it's really hard to accept the idea that we're just going to, you know, keep whistling past the graveyard here and, and, and that there won't be a, a payback period that, you know, manifests itself in, in a little bit more disappointing stock market, so to speak. So, um, but again, you know, for now, the market is taking what it has right in front of it and it's trading it and riding it uh, until, uh, until it realizes that, uh, that the party's up. And, uh, and you'll know that point comes most likely when you see interest rates rise appreciably and when the Fed moves into a more hawkish-minded posture, uh, because that's where you then get the slower growth and potentially the uh, avenue toward a recession-type environment. But, um, but we're not there yet and probably a long way from there at the moment. Starbucks gave us an interesting insight, and we've got about two minutes left. They said domestically, stores are looking great. Internationally, people are coming back a little bit on the slow side. Yum! Brands said the same thing. Domestic uh, KFC, domestic uh, restaurants did well for them, but internationally a little on the weaker side. Is there an angle there to play in our investment portfolios or our 401ks and how we're weighting them, or am I getting a little too granular and too smart for my own good? No, well, you know, the the, the U.S. has certainly led this this recovery effort, uh, and and I think what you're driving at, and, and I think you're on the mark, really, is that because, uh, you know, particularly Europe, you know, Asia has been out in front, you know, the U.S. in terms of, of its, its rebound, if you will, but, you know, the amount of stimulus that the U.S. provided has just been extraordinary. But getting back to Europe, you know, it's obviously trailed the U.S. in, in both efforts, and, 
And, you know, there could be some opportunity there as, you know, we kind of come off the boil in the United States market and perhaps have an opportunity to rotate some money into those foreign markets that uh, they might have trailed here as uh, they've been grappling with some more uh, some more difficult uh, recovery efforts, um, you know, in, in, in European markets with continued lockdown efforts and, um, and slower vaccination rates. So, but as that shifts, of course, um, then there is opportunity there, and, and, and there could be an opportunity, again, to take advantage of that by rotating to some, uh, some foreign markets. Thanks very much. We have less than a minute left, so I'm going to cut you off so I could properly plug you. Thank you very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. I really honestly do start my day every day there, and throughout the day I check in. And if there is a stock that catches my radar eyeball, that's having a funky day, I instantly get a briefing, type in the ticker, and see what the story is breaking on it. They do a great job with IPOs. They do a nice job with the economy. They do a great job with market commentary. Um, plus, they pull the news from other sources when they have to. I dig the source. Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. One of the reasons music is coming back very, very slowly are who's going to cover the insurance of if COVID spikes again. And what we're seeing in India right now should scare the bejesus out of you. You're hearing the word variant, variant, variants a lot. A lot of people are getting sick. You're seeing headlines like hospital staff quit. You're on your own. Now, again, for this is not social commentary. You could say, I don't care. I don't live there. You can say whatever you want. But what you don't want is one person from that country coming here with a variant and starting to spread a variant that we've not introduced. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a story out of the South that there was some sort of crazy catfish that came from Asia. When you put it in ponds and lakes, it kills everything. <laughs> and again, is it interesting that it came from Asia? Like, is all of our source of evil from Asia? And if you don't get that, I'm being snarky and sarcastic there. They're probably got fish that come to Asia and kill all their ponds. And like, don't we need frogs to live? It's something like that. Um, what's beautiful in nature about everything that we're talking about right now is we're a divided country. We can't agree on, you know, let India be India. We don't care. We don't travel to India. We don't want them to come in here and spread it. Uh, we should be compassionate and humane. They're going through exactly what we were going through six to nine months ago. They helped us with ventilators. Um, you get the idea. It's it's And people are going to side wherever they want to side or wherever they grew up or where their mommy and daddy told them to side. Or in our case of my family is we did exactly what my opposite of what my dad believed in. Um, one of the things I was just talked to Patrick O'Hare about was, you know, President Biden is pushing for a raft of tax hikes, and everyone wants free money from the government, and we all have different ways of saying it. You know, I didn't go to college; I deserve what that guy gets. Or, um, but I went to college and I got college debt. 
so I think I get a little bit more, but, and then you go, you know, um, well, you make more, and while you tax more, you're taxed less. Well, you're a smoker, you're taxed more. Um, diet soda drinkers. Do you remember a couple of years ago how furious the world was over a soda tax in Washington, in Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and New York City? When you spend money on roads and bridges, when you spend money on states, when you spend money on infrastructure, when you spend money on education for children, it costs money. And down the road, there's a, a tax hike. And everyone's furious about it. You know, corporations pay for it. No, no. Soda drinkers should pay for it. No, no. Sales tax should pay for it. No, no. Uh, no one should pay for it. We should just watch what we're spending. We're in a very, very destructive phase right now, economically speaking. And the bailout money is helping. Um, tolls work on roads, but what if you don't drive? Okay, you're happy. You're stoked. Um, because you're not putting damage on the road, so why should you pay for improving said road? Drivers are willing to pay $7 across a bridge or $0.25 cents a mile on a turnpike. Um, it kind of makes sense. But then again, people would be like, well, I'm, I make, I'm barely making ends meet, and I'm driving to the city, and like, I get it. There's no right answer. The one that seems to come up to a lot of people is the vehicle miles travel tax. And would that change things? I don't know. Tesla's sitting on $2.5 billion of Bitcoin. I did a story on Tesla yesterday where they made about $500 million in the quarter, or about $400 million. But $500 million was on tax credits that they sold to other corporations, and $100 million was on Bitcoin. So they really didn't make any money. They focused on manufacturing their cheaper models, which is kind of an Apple strategy. The cheaper models help service revenues, but they're not investing in their service side of the business. When you get a flat tire, you get on your app and you tell Tesla, hey, I just got a flat tire. It'll tell you how many miles you're charged. It'll tell you a lot of little things. And they'll send a driver out, bring you a used, uh, not a used tire, they'll bring you a tire, put it on. They'll take your Tesla tire, they'll take it back to Tesla and say, book up a service appointment, come pick up your tire. You're like, what? You don't call a tow truck? No. And if you do, you just invalidated any warranty on the vehicle. Fascinating, right? Um, so Tesla's accused today of environmental rule violations in U.S. and Germany. At times, it really feels like Elon Musk doesn't focus on that baby anymore, that he's focusing on Dogecoin, Bitcoin, SpaceX, fighting with Jeff Bezos, marijuana, Joe Rogan, Saturday Night Live, everything but Tesla. The EPA accused Tesla last week of failing to prove it is in compliance with federal emissions standards for hazardous air pollutants. German authorities also fined Tesla 12 million euros for allegedly failing to fulfill their obligations around taking back old batteries from customers. Um, you're not going to stop any sort of bad behavior by finding a company 12 million euros. Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, I sense that we all kind of have a feeling they're writing their own legislation in Congress and saying, you need to pass this. 
because it certainly feels like the fines aren't material to the amount of revenue they're pulling in from breaking said rules. And that goes for Tesla, too. Spotify is increasing its prices. Inflation. They're raising prices for subscription to its family plan to $15.99. Subscription prices in the UK and Europe are increasing as well. Spotify has an interesting issue on their hands right now. One of their top stars is Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's pissing off a lot of their employees for social reasons. Telling people if you're 21 and you're healthy, you don't need to get vaccinated. A lot of people find that offensive. Will Spotify manage that sweetly and smoothly? Will the price hikes offset any stresses in their world? Find out. Tune in to the next adventure of Rob Black and Your Money. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Um, that's Roblox Show. Dot com.